Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I am your host, Jeremy Pinch, and we are finishing our final installment of uh, our small group ministry month. Um, We have talked about worship through the liturgy. We've talked about our times of discussion. Uh, Last week with Tyler Labby, we talked about uh, how we move uh, outward uh, into our community, into the church. Um, and today we're, we're talking about how we build up leaders um, from our small group ministry. And today I have uh, John Delamarter with me, and uh, I'm excited to hear his insights. So John, thank you so much for, for being with me this morning. Yeah, thank you. So small group ministry is is a ministry in which we can um, grow leaders. Um, that's where we see people um, in their element of what they can what they can grow in. Um, and since you've taken over a small group leader position, John, what, what are some ways that you've seen your personal leadership grow within your small group within your family? Um, what are some ways that you've seen your leadership skills grow? Well, I would say first of all that. Um they have grown through means that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, the Lord has, <laughs> has his own ways of growing us as a, as a father and as a husband, my wife and I've been married over 25 years and we have four children. Three of them are adults. Now leadership is something that I've thought a lot about and read a lot about and prayed a lot about and have been actively seeking to learn leadership. I can tell you that, um, Although I was mentored well, I felt like and trained going into leading a small group, I could not have anticipated <laughs> some of the things that the Lord would teach us, um, maybe in difficult ways. Mm. But it's been good. It's been really good. And if I, if I could bring it down to one single thing that I feel like the Lord has pressed into me that I'm still learning, um, not as quickly as I should because I'm stubborn, but um, I would I would say it's reliance on the Holy Spirit. Mm. Our personality types sometimes, and mine mine is definitely one of these types, can tend to make us think that we can try harder, mm. push harder, plan more, get up earlier, um, take better notes, do all these sorts of things, and somehow through our talent, that's going to bless our people. Mm. And the Lord does work through the means of grace that he does work through the talents that he gives us. But I am, I'm absolutely convinced now from experience that there are major elements of leadership, whether we're talking about in the home, in the small group, in the workplace, I'm convinced that there are major elements of leadership that only happen through a constant willful submission to the Holy Spirit and constantly recognizing that I have nothing to offer in myself. Mm. And so this has definitely resulted in um, a more focused prayer life, Mm -hmm. which is something that uh, had been an area of an area of weakness in my walk with Christ. And it's still an area of major focus, trying to grow in this area and be more prayerful, be more faithful in prayer, pray more, pray better. But I can tell you that leading a small group has forced me to, to pray more. Mm. And it's been awesome because I've seen God answer those prayers. And, you know, sometimes it's big things. Um, we were constituted as a group, I want to say it was February of 2017. So we're a young group. And this is my very first time leading a small group. 
and I'm not like Josh Phillips who's been leading groups since I think he was 10. <laughs> um, so this is, this is still new territory for me. Um, but it's been, it's been really, really, really good. Mm. And, you know, we've seen the Lord answer prayers in some big ways, but one of the simplest ways in which I have learned reliance on the Holy Spirit is really, it might be surprising. And that is, um, just, just showing up and doing what needs to be done on Tuesday evenings when we come together mm. and recognizing that no matter how much I take my best to take good notes during the sermon, review those notes, review the study questions, uh, pour my heart into preparing the liturgy. Those things matter, and I feel like those things are important and that God is pleased when I do those things. But I can't tell you the number of times that my work life blows up on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's so consistent that I'm convinced that, that, that our enemy is actually intentionally trying to break me down leading into small group. And there's many, many times on a Tuesday, by the time Tuesday afternoon rolls around, I just feel like I'm in totally incapable of leading our group through worship and, and discussion. But I can also tell you that without exception, when I have brought those concerns to the Lord in prayer and said, Lord, I, I have nothing this mm-hmm. evening to offer these people, that is the moment when the Holy Spirit often reminds me, John, you never had anything to offer these people. Mm. <laughs> you are the means that I'm using to offer myself to these people. Mm. So right now, maybe I'm breaking you down to get you out of the way. Mm. And he brings me to that point. And, um, and so that forces me to an humble, prayerful reliance on the Holy Spirit, just move forward. And I, I cannot tell you the number of times that I have been discouraged, physically exhausted just at the end of my rope because of the work week already even on a Tuesday sometimes and we we move into small group and people start showing up and our group meets at six o'clock on Tuesday evenings we always start with a meal we always eat together and uh, that that extends the time that we spend together but it really gives us an opportunity to to wind down and get in each other's lives before we move into the Mm -hmm. worship section of our time together and I think that's been hugely beneficial to our group and so oftentimes on those evenings where I just feel like I'm just at the end of my rope, um, even after the meal and we get us move into liturgy, and then the Lord just sweetly shows up. Mm. And um, oftentimes when I have been at my absolute lowest are the times when our fellowship has been the sweetest, our discussions have been the richest, and our prayer times have been the most meaningful. Mm. And everybody goes home, and Margaret and I sit there and look at each other and go, Wow. That was really good. Mm. And you know, not only was it really good, I feel like um, I was ministered to. And I guess that's one of the things that I love the most about about leading a small group is, is that, you know, these folks show up at our house or we show up at their houses, depending on our rotation. And um, humanly speaking, there's a, there's a tendency to get really focused on doing ministry and being a blessing to these folks. And yet time and time and time again, the Lord has reminded me that this is a community mm. and that, and these people have been a huge blessing to me. One of the men in our group, I was expressing how Tuesdays typically go for me leading up to small group. And one of the men in our group said, you know what, I'm going to pray for you on Tuesdays. And he's been consistently doing that. And, and I have felt the difference mm. and it's been a blessing to me, not just in having that discouragement somewhat removed, but just the feeling of being loved by someone like that and that they would think about me and care enough about me and care enough about our group that they would intentionally set aside time every week Mm. to pray that the Lord would, would um, 
encourage me and help me to do a good job. So you've, you've experienced over, over these last two years, um, a, a, uh, a deeper, maybe understanding of a reliance on, on the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. understanding that, uh, um, it's not by your power. That. And I knew these things in my head. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. there's lots of things that we can know in our head from reading scripture, from reading books, from hearing other people talk about it. Sure. It's another thing to know sure. those things experientially. It's one yeah. thing to say, yeah, we got to rely on the Lord. It's another thing to to for the Lord to throw you in that situation where, Lord, if you don't show up, this is going to be a train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you how have you seen that uh, in others? How have you seen that in your small group? How you have you seen uh, men or women growing? in, in this deeper understanding or knowledge or even leadership skills mm-hmm. within your group? Well, I want to answer these questions, this question very carefully because, uh, one of the most important parts of small group is the, the trust and the safety that goes into that, yeah. that intimate of a fellowship. Yeah. And so I want to be careful of my responses to protect that. But I have seen, um, I've seen some beautiful things. I have seen families um, that have struggled with how to relate to one another within the home as fellow believers. I have seen them as a family really more and more embrace the gospel and its impact on living together as Christians under the same roof. Um, I have have watched them... um, move from a place of really struggling with these things and, and, and it's still a fight, right? That's, mm-hmm. it's, I think that's true of most of our families. It's true of my family. Mm-hmm. This is something we're still, the Della Martyrs are still trying to figure out how to live together as Christians under one roof. Um, but I've seen real growth in this area um, in some of our folks. And it's just been, it's been such an encouragement to see. And, uh, you know, I would say this to other leaders in our church. Um, sometimes, and I've seen this as a dad, and I've experienced it recently as a small group leader. You know, you put a lot of effort into the discussion and the liturgy, those sorts of things. But sometimes you found find out, sometimes a long time later, that it was a simple word of encouragement or something very small that you did that that it really landed on somebody in a big way. Yeah. And they took that, and the Holy Spirit kind of sealed that truth to their heart. And then they went and acted on it, became mm-hmm. a blessing in their life. Which I think, and I'm jumping way ahead of you here, but I think that's one of the big reasons why we should do small group mm. is because you don't get those opportunities if you're not in each other's life like that all the time. Um, another thing that I've seen, um, one of the women in our group who is by nature very timid, um, I've seen her really grow in in her love for the Lord. I've seen her grow in um, her pursuit of Christ, and I've seen her grow in her pursuit of relational meaningful relations with other women in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's still timid and she's still quiet, but she is growing in her own confidence in the Lord's ability to help her be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. And that's been super cool to see. I'm thinking of another family in our small group who um, I have seen them um, really begin to grow past some of the cultural expectations they put on themselves mm-hmm. about um, maybe their home having to be just right if we're going to come together as a small group or you know maybe having to feel like they have it all together all the time and feeling these folks become 
um, more open and more transparent and more willing to just be honest about what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, in the two and a half years that our group has been together, we have walked through some very, very deep waters. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which are probably known in the larger church and some of which maybe aren't. And I have seen the Lord faithfully grow us as a group and I've seen compassion grow among our members. Um, I have, it's been really cool sometimes at the end of small group, we'll be standing around talking and I will overhear uh, one member of our group intentionally reaching out to another group and say, Hey, let's get together for coffee. I want to talk to you and encourage you. And, I, and so now I'm seeing people within our group discipling one another. Mm. And that is, that's super encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. How is, how is small group ministry, John, a, a grounds in which leaderships are de- or leadership qualities are developed or leaders are developed? Um, well, I, I don't have a lot of theoretical knowledge on this, but if I speak, if I may, if I may speak from what I have learned, I would say that being a small group leader has given me more respect and patience and regard for my pastors and elders than I would have had otherwise. Mm. And what I mean by that, and, and the reason this partially answers your question is because I began to realize very early that small groups, at least the way Sun Valley practices small groups, um, is very much about shepherding. And so um, within a few months of becoming a small group leader, maybe not even that long, I, I thought, what have I done? I'm in way over my head. <laughs> I am not prepared to lead folks in this way. Mm-hmm. I love them very much, but um, I do not have the skills or abilities to do what needs to be done here. This is really pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. And somehow, even though I'd, I'd, I'd been through the training and I'd listened to the elders talk, somehow I had it in my head that it was something less than that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I, I love I love the pastoral element of of leading small group, but it is it is hugely challenging. And when I think about the requirements of being an elder in a church, and when you talk about leadership, there's different layers of leadership. But I'm specifically speaking to that right now, mm-hmm. I guess. When I think about being an elder in a church, I can't imagine appointing someone to be an elder of a church that had never served as a small group leader. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a microcosm of the church at large, it would seem. And uh, you work through a lot of the same things that the church at large works through. You you still have to, or should, I should say have to, you have the privilege of pastoring people in that regard, although you don't have the authority mm-hmm. or some of the teaching elements of being an elder. The pastoral elements are all there. Mm-hmm. And so for myself, it has exposed things that, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't excited about seeing. Mm. It exposed prayerlessness. It exposed lack of reliance on the Holy Spirit. It exposed laziness in terms of really thinking consistently about the needs of our group and planning and and coordinating things. And these are areas that I'm still working hard Mm. on trying to grow in. But um, they're all elements of of leadership that... um, you know, I feel I feel a little bad in a way for our, for our, our our people because they're they're kind of the they're kind of the guinea pigs that are that are being subjected to my learning process, <laughs> but but they but they have been profoundly patient and I yeah. I love our people and I'm so grateful for them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we feel sorry for him too, John. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for for those who who may not know, um, the church is always is hopefully always trying to grow leaders, um, training up men to to take on leadership roles, um, and and the small group ministry is is such a great area in which which that takes place. You know, thinking about thinking about my own life and in, in in the small group ministry regard, it's. It was such a profound impact on my life, and I didn't even realize it. You know? uh-huh. I was, when I was leading a small group ministry, I was very immature and young and dumb, and a lot of things I would have done differently. Looking, you know, that's not now. just a function of your age, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I would claim those. I would claim the, <laughs> the, the some of those dumb things too. Yeah. 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 But it is it is such a great opportunity to to grow and to learn and to. Um, to hopefully create new leaders. And Psalm 145.4 says, uh, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. In what ways does a multi-generational group um, benefit from each other based off that text? One of my favorite things about small group is the young people. Um, for a while we had some, for a period of time, we had some very young children in our small group and we don't have the very, very young right now. I think the youngest person in our group now is eight or nine. Um, but I, I love, really love engaging with the kids Mm. and, uh, and you know, they're kids, sometimes they engage and sometimes they don't and that's okay. But I love having them there. And my prayer oftentimes is when we're having discussion, just like this, this you know, just like last night when we're pressing into the sermon, we're talking about the efficacy of the Word of God mm. and Christ, who is the Living Word, and we're talking about the just the incredible blessing that, and just it's kind of mind blowing that God would not only speak in words that humans can understand, but that He would have them written in a book mm-hmm. that we can read in our own heart language. And yet we were just st- sitting there talking about those things, and these are things that I'm very passionate about, and. As we're talking, I'm praying and like, Lord, I hope these kids are hearing something here. You know, they're not going to hear everything. Yeah. You know, Don Carson, and I'm not going to get this quote exactly right, but Don Carson, as a as a professor, says, you know, my students don't remember much of what I say. What they remember is what I'm passionate about. Mm. And so that really stuck with me when I heard him say that. And I hope that my children and the kids in our small group if they don't get anything else from the worship and the discussion, what I hope comes through loud and clear is a deep abiding passion for the glory of Jesus Christ and a sense of wonder mm. at what he has done. And, um, and, I, and I, I'm excited at Sun Valley. You know, we're still a young church, and our family has been here six and a half years, and so we've been here less than half the life of this church. But I'm really excited to see young families coming up. I think of your own family. I think mm-hmm. of multiple young families that are in your generation. And I'm watching a lot of these young parents um, parenting their children and teaching them. I'm thinking specifically of teaching them the Word of God and family worship and those sorts of things. And I'm watching them do those things so much better than I did them. Mm-hmm. And this church is a big blessing in terms of shepherding families that direction putting tools in their hand i think about rick whitmer and the family worship guide that he faithfully prepares and prints and posts on the internet every single week Mm -hmm. 
And I hope that more and more people will take advantage of some of these tools. But I'm, I'm so excited to watch these things happen. And I love the fact that our church provides uh, a children's, children's church for the very young, but then we quickly bring them into the sanctuary with us. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that beyond us, just the youngest, we don't segregate them according to age. I love the fact that in small groups that we're all cast together. And, you know, in our group, we have folks from, I think, I think the youngest is eight or nine and the oldest is in their seventies. And I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that when we come together and have discussion, we have this broad cross section of life experience and wisdom that comes from that. And make no mistake, sometimes the most profound things I've heard have come from the very young. Hmm. Because their minds aren't clouded with a lot of the things that are our experiences and stuff. And sometimes they just say things very simply. And they see things that are laying on the surface that we're too smart to see, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I'm really, really excited to see what the Lord's going to do with the next generation of young people out of Sun mm-hmm. Valley. And um, I'm convinced that cross-generational um, worship and ministry is, is a big element of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is fun. Yeah, our our group now, uh, the Ramsdale group. There's so many kids running around. It's <laughs> it's overwhelming at times. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it is it is so fun having them there in in the times of worship and uh, um, just seeing what what God is doing through mm-hmm. through the parents as they as they lead as they lead their children. But also, you know, as as you were saying, having having the wisdom of older people. Um, in the group, um, I remember a couple of years ago, our group was was just like solely college age, and mm-hmm. it was great. I mean, I, I loved that group. That was, you know, a lot of our friends were in that group, and then and then it transformed, and all of a sudden we started having you know people who were in their seventies in our mm-hmm. group, and it was so much. There's so much dynamic that that took place, but also just the wisdom. Mm-hmm. of the older generation that was just pouring into the younger generation yeah. as they've walked through this life. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was an encouragement. Well, to I me, think, I sure. think something that, that we should think about is the fact that our world, at least, when, at least within our culture, our American culture divides everything across demographic lines, mm-hmm. um, education, play, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things are divided across demographic lines. And the gospel and the worship of Jesus Christ kind of obliterates some of those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a place for things like like youth ministry. Um, there's a place for senior saints dinner that we're going to be doing soon. Sure. There's absolutely a place for those ministries. Sure. But what I'm talking about is the, the inhaling and exhaling of living together as mm-hmm. the body of Christ in the context of our local church. And I am so excited and so encouraged when I see young people and older people within the church interacting with one another. And when I see the older people joyfully looking at, looking on and watching and speaking to young people, and I see young people responding to that. And I hope more and more, uh, as, as some of us older people are getting older, mm-hmm. I hope more and more that we'll press into that mm-hmm. and that we'll not just, not just in the sense of being kind, in the sense of being doting or anything like that, but that we will prayerfully look for those opportunities to speak a word of encouragement to a young person. And, you know, one of the beauties of the body of Christ is that even where you have godly parents, 
prayerfully and carefully seeking to lead and train their children, there's such a huge benefit to having other adults in the church who come alongside and reinforce and say things in a way that our kids will receive when sometimes they won't receive them from their parents. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. As we close this um, last segment off, John, what would be your encouragement to those who are not part of a small group and why should they be a part of one? Well, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of talked about that in general, this whole discussion, Jeremy, but I, I guess I would say it this way. It is possible to be a member at Sun Valley Church or a regular attendee at Sun Valley Church and to be here on Sundays and to receive tremendous blessing from those things and not participate in small group. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's at least theoretically possible. And I want to be very careful to say that um, there are people who have extenuating life circumstances and it's really, really easy for me to put pressure on them and say, well, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. <clears throat> and, um, But I would say that if you're able to participate in a small group and you're just choosing not to, mm-hmm. you are missing out on so much blessing. I, When I think about Sun Valley Church, this is the only church that I've ever been a part of. And I grew up in the church. My parents were church planters, okay? Mm-hmm. I attended Bible college. I, my whole life has been lived in the context of the church. Sun Valley is the only church that I have ever been a part of where I have participated in a small group ministry, where we even did small groups. And I can't think about life in Sun Valley without thinking about it within the context of small group. Hmm. I don't even know who Sun Valley Church is outside of my experience being a member of and now leading a small group. Hmm. And... Um, I don't mean by that to say that that uh, small group ministry is absolutely prescriptive. I can't take it directly out of the Word of God, thou shalt have small group. Yeah. <laughs> but as Dennis likes to say, there's so many things that God commands us to do. And within the context of our church, mm-hmm. we truly believe that this is the best way forward for us to obey those commands. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that, it might be a matter of obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... My family and I, we, we, we came to Sun Valley and we jumped immediately into a small group because we were excited about it and we saw the benefit of it. But maybe there's folks here who have been part of a small group in the past and they've had a bad experience. Maybe they're just shy. Maybe they're super busy. Mm. Maybe they just don't think they can do it. Um, but I would encourage, if you're one of those people, I would say to you, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider whether this might actually be a matter of simple obedience. If you're if you have, if you're scarred from a bad experience in the past, it might be a matter of a step of faith mm. and asking the Lord to say, "Okay, Lord, this is scary for me, but I'm going to trust that you're going to do good to me through this." I would also say we are a consumer culture. And sometimes people don't go to small group because they don't feel like they need it or they don't feel like it would do them any good. Right. How about the idea that you might be a blessing to somebody else? Mm -hmm. How about the fact that as the body of Christ, we need each other? Mm -hmm. So often when we go into small group, and before I was a leader, I I had to fight this battle all the time in my own head of, of, well, you know, I'm tired. I don't really feel like I'm going to get anything out of it. But remembering that, you know what, these are people that I've committed to. I need to show up and do my best to be a blessing. Yeah. And so... My encouragement to anyone at Sun Valley who's not in a small group is jump in. The water's fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, John, thank you uh, for joining us and, and um, sharing your wisdom on, on small group ministry. <laughs> Church, we hope, uh, we hope that uh, this time, this month, has been an encouragement to you. Um, for those who are not a part of a small group ministry, we hope that you uh, heed the words of, of John and, and all the other small group leaders that have spoken to you over this last month and join a small group. Um, for those who are part of a small group, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you um, of why we do what we do uh, and how we um, not only uh, encourage one another, but we grow cl- closer to Christ um, um, for the betterment of, of ourselves and for the church. Um, starting next week, we are uh, doing a month-long series on the Valley. Uh, Chuck and Yvonne Halley will be, will be joining us next week as, as um, Yvonne talks about um, her experience uh, with cancer. And I'm so excited to have them on uh, and to hear the joy that they have in Christ um, and the hope they found in the gospel. I hope that you join us next week as we begin that series. Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.